Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome into this episode of the Rocks Pile Rocky Sport, brought to you by RocksPile.com. Kevin Henry, I am one of the site experts for RocksPile.com. Joined as always by my good friend and fellow uh, site ex- uh, expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How is it out there in New Mexico? You know, it is good. I'm sitting here in the press box at Isotopes Field tonight. Uh, I should say Isotopes Park. Let me make sure I get that right. Uh, Actually, Rio Grande Credit Union Field, where the Isotopes are turning into the green chili cheeseburgers tonight for one night only. So so, the one night you're there, they do that. You're a lucky man. You know, they said, hey, are you? Come and let's do what we can to really make it a weird night. So, um, now super excited. Uh, thanks to Kevin Collins and the Albuquerque Isotopes uh, staff for having me tonight. Really glad to be here. We have two great interviews coming up uh, with uh, Isotopes outfielders Winton Bernard and Taylor Motter. And uh, we'll get to that after the break. Uh, but, Noah, I know first we need to thank our sponsor. But before we do that, I'll still we'll have a little tidbit from. Uh, Isotopes manager Warren Schaefer as well. That's right. We will because we asked him about the streak that Taylor Motter has been on and he had plenty to say. Absolutely. Good good call. Yep. So our sponsor is Manscaped. And as you know, the Olympics, baseball and other sports and concerts are all in this summer. And so is Manscaped, the leaders in the below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 And if an athlete treats their body like royalty, you deserve that as well. And you can do that when you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code FANSIDED20. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor a new multi-function on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock. And it gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000 K led spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention it's also waterproof? That's part of the reason why the lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. 
And we appreciate Manscaped being a part of the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. Again, coming to you from Albuquerque, New Mexico tonight, where the uh, Green Chili Cheeseburgers, formerly known as the Albuquerque Isotopes for one night at least, uh, will take on the Salt Lake City Bees. Uh, so sitting here watching the Bees take their branding practice, uh, Joe Adele and the rest of the AAA uh, for the Angels here tonight. Uh, Noah, I would be remiss. Uh, we're certainly going to have some interviews coming up after the break with some of the Isotopes slash Green Chili Cheeseburgers. But I think uh, we've got to talk a little bit about the trade deadline that really wasn't, uh, you know, and, and I've got to say we had a, an incredible uh, turnout of folks reading our stuff this month on Rockspile. We certainly appreciate that. But uh, I think a lot of Rockies fans are sitting here today on July 31st and shaking their heads a little bit about what didn't happen for the Rockies. And what did we say on the last podcast? We said this was exactly how it was going to be. Uh, they did Just more that. than I thought they would. They traded Michael Givens. I thought they wouldn't do anything. But sure enough, Trevor Story, John Gray, Daniel Bard, CJ Crone, they are all with the Rockies still. John Gray was not on the trade market. Daniel Bard was not on the trade market. Even though there were still rumors and... Um, Frankly, some of them were BS. I I don't know if who put them out there, um, whether it was front office execs who told it to reporters or what. But some of them, and we even talked about a few of them on the site, where they just seemed fishy. Yeah, definitely. And guess what? They didn't happen. Well, and, and whenever uh, I was on the uh, webinar with uh, interim GM Bill Schmidt talking about it, and it was very, very clear that the Rockies were, it was going to take a King's ransom to get anybody away from the Rockies. And, and as you said, Bard was not on the table. Gray was not on the table. Um, those were the only two that were specifically mentioned that were not on the table. But you got the feeling whenever he was talking about Trevor Story that it was going to take something that would really knock their socks off to get Story not in a Rockies uniform. And here we are. Trevor Story is with the team in San Diego. You know, he was scratched before last night's game, the first night after the trade deadline, uh, given a day off. There's a lot of things going on, I think, that um, there's – there's going to need to be some talks <laughs> as far as story goes. Uh, you know, his comments to Patrick Saunders uh, about being very, uh, I think confused was the right word. Um, so yeah. Confused, disappointed and whatever. Well, yeah, you, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of folks on Rocky's Twitter were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. Troy Tulowitzki, Nolan Arenado, now Trevor story, a history of all-star infielders that have become quickly disenfranchised with the way that the Rockies uh, do business. And unfortunately, you know, story 99.999% chance is going to walk a qualifying offer will be all they get out of him. Yep. And that's, that's the thing with, with some people they're like, and in a way I do understand it because I've even mentioned it before. Like, Okay, Bill Schmidt is a different guy than Jeff Breidich. He's a different guy than Dan O'Dowd. But he's also been in the Rockies organization for over 20 years. So the way that the Rockies have run things, 
okay, he could be his own guy, but if you don't learn from your past mistakes or what has happened in the past, you aren't going to learn what's happening right now or what's going to happen in the future. And that's why there's some people who are like, well, this with Breitich leaving and Schmidt coming on, it'll be the new era of Rockies baseball or, oh, they're definitely going to hire a new guy in the off season. Neither of which have been said publicly. Um, of course, they're going to do a search this off season. They have to. Um, so uh, that's, that's part of MLB's rules and regulations. So they have to do a search, but don't be surprised if Schmidt stays there and don't be surprised if things stay the same because Bill Schmidt is in now, but he's been in for what since early May now. So he's been in for three months. What has changed with the Colorado Rockies? Nothing, nothing. Yeah. So yeah. if past if the past tells you, uh, that's why we have history. So you learn from history to see what's going to happen now. And history tells you the same thing's going to happen. And guess what? The same thing is happening. Yeah. It's I, and the one thing that I was really uh, so I wrote an article. It's on rockspile.com about the five most interesting quotes we heard from Bill Schmidt in the. Uh, media conference that he did. And the one thing that, that's jumped out to me, and again, kudos to Patrick Saunders. He's, he's asked some of the really hard questions uh, to Trevor Story, to Bill Schmidt, as this trade deadline's come about. He asked Bill Schmidt about what he would tell Colorado Rockies fans. And here's the exact quote that is part of my article. We're trying to do what we believe is in the best interest of the Colorado Rockies, trying to build a winning club for them, meaning the fans. I think if we sit here on July 31st, there aren't a lot of fans of the Colorado Rockies that feel that exact same way. And you can't blame them because, again, what have they seen in the last 30 years? You know, there, there's been October. There's been the the magical night on the north side of Chicago during the 2018 on the wild card. I mean, there there have been glimpses, moments, but for the most part, we know what this franchise has done. And unfortunately, it's been a lot more of alienating all stars and not being a, a known as a place where people want to come play than it has been putting up. Well, we know National League West banners because there's still zero of those hanging at Coors Field. Yeah, and that and that's the thing that there's there's some people that are quite frankly they're too worried about the process because I mean you could you could have the best clubhouse in the history of the world and you can go 57 and 105, or you could have two of the worst clubhouses in baseball. And they would win five championships in the 70s with 73, 72, 73, 74 Oakland A's and the Yankees in 77 and 78. There's a reason why they called it the Bronx Zoo. They didn't really get along that well. But guess what? They were good players. They won. They were given what at the time was considered to be fair value especially with the Yankees with Oakland, they didn't, but guess what? The Oakland teams, they were good players. 
And when you don't get good players, you aren't going to win. It's really as simple as that. And there's a ton of different ways you can win. The Rockies have not done it. Simple as that. No, no argument. And and I think obviously the the record speaks for itself over the last few years. Uh, you know, and again, 27, 2018, let's call those outliers. Uh, let's say that everything came together. But here's the one thing, Noah, and, and I'm going to be that guy for just a minute here, is the fact that I am that guy who's very glad they are going to try to try to re-sign John Gray. Because I do think that keeping that rotation together and trying to build up a wealth of starting pitching that's actually good or at least serviceable compared to what we've seen kind of plugged in in the past, unfortunately. Uh, I think that it's really important that the Rockies build around pitching and build around pitching like John Gray, like Kyle Freeland, that actually Herman Marquez. They believe they can win at Coors Field. And the thing is with that is if, if they extend John Gray, which he has expressed that he wants to be there. So I'll, I'll walk out on this limb right now and say, if he does not resign with the Rockies, it's the Rockies fall. Yeah. Um, but also too, especially since they didn't trade him, you have to be 110% sure that you're going to resign him. Great point. And frankly, I don't think they're at that place right now. One and two, if, but if they do resign him, then you can get closer to that playoff contending team because in theory, I say in theory, it should be easier to get offensive players to play at Coors Field. But also, too, you can't be fitting square pegs into round holes like Ian Desmond. That didn't work out, did it? Daniel Murphy, that didn't work out, did it? So, and you have to, uh, and that's it's a reason why at the very beginning of the year I said it would be the most important year in franchise history. So far, it's, that's been a pretty good prediction. Um, if I do say so myself, perhaps more important is going to be this off season. Will they resign gray? Will they get an analytic staff? Will they replace Bill Schmidt or get, if he is replaced, do they replace him with somebody in the Rockies front office currently? Is it somebody from outside of the organization? And that's, it's going to be a huge issue for the Rockies. And if, Frankly, I, I think if they don't re-sign Gray, and frankly, I don't think the others are going to re-sign, perhaps C.J. Crones, since he should be fairly cheap, you're going to have a lot more years than of non-contending baseball than you would if you didn't sign John Gray and Trevor Story. Because, I mean, let's be honest right now. If, if For the Rockies, are they a good team? No. Are they a 110, 120-loss team? No. They're exactly what they've played since 2019. They're a low, 90, low to mid-90s loss team. Yep. And it's because of their pitching staff. Their pitching staff has got them that far. Their offense is a team that is a team that's a 110-loss team. 
but the pitching staff, particularly the starting pitching staff, not the bullpen, the starting pitching staff is the reason why the Rockies are where they are right now. If they invest in some offensive players and if they get some prospects that develop, then you could be possibly looking at a contending team in 2023, 2024. And, and I, I love what you said a minute ago, because it was something I thought about on the drive to Albuquerque um, is the fact that John Gray, including on one of our podcasts came out and has said, I want to stay in Denver. Uh, you know, his, his uh, quote from San Diego about, I just want to be in purple. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he, he said the right things. And you're exactly right. If for some reason he doesn't get re-signed, that could be as big of a black eye for the Rockies as anything else that's gone on. Because you've got a pitcher that you have faith in, but Black has faith in, the team has faith in, and who believes he can win at Coors Field and you can't get a deal done with him. I think that that's going to go back to the whole um, stigma that is out there about the Rockies, about whenever it's really time to – spend do they do that i think it's a bad stigma but i think it's still out there that they don't spend even though they've dropped how much on nolan arenado and they've dropped ian desmond and and all the things that they've dropped big money on in the last few years and that's it's one team that um i I talk about a lot since i'm close to them but they're very similar the cleveland indians same thing oh well the dolans are cheap no and they aren't cheap they they spent they just didn't spend wisely. And at the end of the day, what did they win? Nothing. It's true. Well, you know what our listeners are going to win, Noah? They are going to win some fabulous interviews that are coming up uh, with uh, Rock, uh, sorry, Isotopes manager uh, Warren Schaefer, Isotopes outfielders Taylor Motter and Wynton Bernard. And we are going to have those right after this break here. On the Rocks file, Rockies report. And Kevin Henry back here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, one of the site experts for RocksFile.com, along with my fellow friend and site expert, Noah Yingling. And Noah, uh, one of the big stories coming out of AAA is happening here in Albuquerque right now with infielder, outfielder Taylor Motter. Uh, Taylor Motter is a guy who has major league experience, but he has also been lighting up triple-A pitching lately. He has 24 homers on the season. 15 of those have come in the month of July. So July 31st, we are sitting here with Taylor Motter, and we had a chance to ask him about what the streak has been like for him, as well as an interesting uh, look at his perspective on what it's going to take for him maybe to get a call up to Colorado. Kevin Henry here with Albuquerque Isotopes and I guess Green Chili Cheeseburger outfielder Taylor Motter. Taylor, how are you, man? Fantastic, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Do you like Green Chili Cheeseburgers or have you had a Green Chili Cheeseburger? I have not. You know, I've heard that the, the Green Chili <laughs> sauce is good around here. I just haven't fell in love with All it All right, yet. well, plenty of time, I guess. But yeah. Well, let's talk about the run you are on right now at the plate. Did something change in July, or did you just get in a groove whenever the home run started happening? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of just added up. I mean, up to this point, I've had a pretty good season. Yeah. Um, up to this point anyways. Uh, I guess now the ball is just flying a little better. We're getting later in summer. Maybe it's getting hotter. The ball's flying better. But, you know, nothing's changed. I kept the same approach through alt site to right now. So it's just 
I guess it's clicking a little better. Talk about signing with the Rockies and how that kind of came about for you. So it was a late sign. I think it was like March 3rd, 4th, 5th, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, I was told I was going to minor league camp, which is fine. I was happy to have a job. Yeah. Uh, coming from South Korea, wasn't really getting much looks going into the offseason. Yeah. So um, I did as much as I could this offseason to get ready and stay ready. Um, signed with them, came to minor league camp for a couple days, and then went right to the alt site, which is great. South Korean baseball versus this. What's it like for you? Or you what was it like? You know, I, I not that I have a bad taste in my mouth. It was great experience. Yeah. The only reason I say maybe bad taste in my mouth is because it was during COVID. Yeah. Um, if it was a regular season, fans, we didn't have to worry about doing all the extra excess stuff that they do over there and not speaking the language, not really knowing what's going on. Um, I think it would have been great. Um, I was super excited when I signed. I was ready to go do something new with something else um, and just have a blast playing baseball like I am here. So if it would have been a different time, I think it would have been one of the best experiences of my life. So COVID kind of changed trajectory for you in your career, or, or did it? it? It definitely could have ended my career okay. if the Rockies didn't give me a shot. Okay. Um, we were close to that point, and I'm glad. I'm thankful for the Rockies for giving me the opportunity. So did you enter into this season with a little different attitude or anything than you've had in previous ones because of that? Yeah. Yes and no. I'm always a lighthearted guy who likes to keep the clubhouse fun, okay. good teammate, you know, try to pick guys up. You know, I just, as you get older, you realize it's not about you anymore. You know, it's, it's about helping the team. It's about helping some of these young guys, too. I mean, we've got some young prospects in this dugout that I love kind of just helping out and being around um but yeah going into it it was like hey this this could be my last time putting on a uniform let's just go out and have fun i worked my butt off in the off season i put 35 40 pounds on wow i wanted to change the utility role to something different um and i had done everything i needed to do up to that point to just come out and enjoy the five months of playing that i possibly could you know i have my wife and here and i get go home every night and you know, just decompress, and it's it's great. Are you a guy that you go seek out the younger guys to talk to them, or do they come to you, or how does that usually work? So being with a new organization, kind of try to keep to myself and be quiet early. Um, still pick up guys, be a good guy, you know, just in general, just be a good human. Yeah. Um, but then as the season rolls on, you start getting some more credibility about where you've been and what you've done and what you've seen and guys start asking questions and then you feel more open to go talk to guys about certain situations and things like that because you don't know how they're going to react right so i kind of let them come to me and then i feel them out and then go from there back to the thing uh, i was talking to warren schaefer a minute ago and he said you've just been so consistent at the plate waiting for those fastballs to come out of the pitch you need is is the consistency really been the key for you uh, this whole season especially lately yeah there uh, i remember past seasons where when I was in the when I was in the big leagues and I'm, yeah. I'm not playing every day and you go in the cage and you feel like well man I didn't get a hit yesterday so I have to change something okay. and you know throughout the minor leagues I've been a pretty consistent player of every day and that's when it really changed and I would go through different swings every day and try and change things and this year was like you know what I'm going to stick to one thing and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but if it does work, then I'm going to stick with it, and I'm just not going to change. I'm going to try and perfect one thing. And um, 
I, I think I've done a really good job of staying on what I see during the game. Not necessarily the fastball. Yeah, I don't want to get off the fastball because the fastball is where I do most of my damage. Yeah. If I see a pitcher not throwing a fastball at all, I'm going to learn to do something different to hit the other pitchers. So the consistency just at the plate and my strike zone in general has been a huge factor. Have you seen pitchers change the last couple of weeks, how they're approaching you, or has it been kind of the same approach? Uh, there, there's been some change. Um, I'm sure word gets out, whatever you're on speak like you are right now, man, I tell you. Yeah, you know, it, there's been some change. There's been a couple intentional walks in situations. Um, there's been a couple guys who are, who are trying to steal strikes early and then, you know, get a little bit bigger, expand the zone as we get going. Um, but it's just all about staying within yourself and staying in your in your sweet spot of, of where you know you can handle and what pitch you can do damage on. When you're on a streak like this, you guys like to try to rub rub the bat, try to get some of the mojo from you? <laughs> I just walked by. Their guys are hitting in our cages right now, so I just walked <laughs> by them, and a couple of those guys were rubbing on me too. So. <laughs> awesome. It's it's all fun and games, yeah. It's 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 been a blast. In in your mind, what what does it take for you to get that call up to make that next step? Seems like you're you're smacking the ball, you're putting together the numbers. Is that something that weighs on you, or do you just play and not worry about it? Uh, you know, I think I'd be inhuman to say that I don't think about it. Uh, obviously, I think about it, but like I said, coming into this year for me. I haven't played a full year in AAA in three or four years. Um, I bounced back and forth with a couple teams, South Korea, and um, I came into this this year saying, you know, I'm just going to do the best that I possibly can this year. And I told Schaefer and uh, someone else that my goal this year was to make their decision difficult on what to do with me throughout the season, whether it was to play me here whether it was to send me to AAA, whether it was to call me up, whether it was to send me to AA, I wanted to make their decision very tough, and in a good way. Not in a cocky, bad way. I just wanted to give them something to think about. And uh, up to this point, I, I, I think I've been able to do that, and I've become a guy who's playing almost every day now. So I gave Schaefer the tough decision of, hey, it's either you got to play me or you, or you don't. So, and I told him that, and he was all for it. He was super excited about that when I told him that. He's, he's one of those guys, you know, he, yeah. he loves the... <laughs> so, it was good, and I think up to this point, I've, I've done what I possibly, everything I possibly could, but uh, it, it, if the Rockies don't, you know, I'm just enjoying my time here with my guys in the clubhouse. This is a great spot. Um, one of the better teams I've been on. Awesome. Taylor Mar, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate Thank you. It. I really appreciate it. And no, I'll tell you, Taylor Modder's just a guy that I, I I think the world of after meeting him. He's just one of those guys that you get a good feeling whenever you walk away from him. Uh, so, so appreciate him joining the show. And had a chance to talk to Isotopes manager Warren Schaefer about the role that Taylor Modder has been on at the plate and what he's seen from him. And here's what he had to say. So talk about the role Taylor Motter's been on lately. What's yeah, Motter's been great. I mean, his approach, I mean, I haven't seen anything like that in a while. It's it's really incredible. I mean, you see guys for like a week at a time or two yeah. weeks at a time, but he's just been almost all season. He's been locked in. He just stays on the heater, man. He stays on the heater. His walk total is, is impressive. That's what's most impressive to me. I mean, he's spitting on balls, borderline pitches constantly, and just getting a pitch to hit pretty much every at bat. I mean, it's, it's impressive. So there's nothing it's so hard to stay on your approach. So there's it, nothing he's tweaked in July to get on this hot streak? No, nah, I, really I just think maybe, you know, he's 
He's just feeling a little better, probably. You know? Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, his body, you know, he's 31 now. Yeah. But his body's probably just starting to feel hot in this time of year. I mean, he's, I, he's just playing well, man. He's, he's a good player. On the other side of this break, Kevin will talk with Isotopes outfielder Winton Bernard. That and some final thoughts from Albuquerque on the other side of this break. And finally, I want to make sure that we get this interview in because it was really one that I was looking forward to personally. A lot of times there are guys who are playing in AAA that aren't going to put up the numbers that Modder is at the moment. And that's where Winton Bernard comes in. Uh, Winton Bernard is the guy that it's a very interesting story. Bud Black actually watched him work out with Connor Joe in San Diego during the offseason. And that's why Winton Bernard is a part of the Rocky system because Bud Black got his eye on him, said to Jeff Reich and his crew that he thought he'd be a good guy to bring on into the organization. And he has been a good guy. Now, he's been slumping a little bit at the plate as of lately but he still has one of the catches of the year in minor league baseball. And if you get a chance, go on YouTube, search for Winton Bernard and Albuquerque Isotopes catch. And I guarantee you're going to see the one that I referenced with him in this interview about how he climbed the hill here in Albuquerque to make one hell of a catch. With uh, Isotopes Green Chili Cheeseburger outfielder, Wynn Bernard. How are you, man? Good to see you. Doing well, doing well. Good to see you, too. Hey, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So we're sitting here, we're looking at that hill. You've had an experience with that hill this year, man. You had a you had a hell of a catch, i got to tell you. Talk, talk me through what it's like to know that hill's back there and you're playing the outfield. Yeah, so I mean, the first couple weeks we were here, we really hammered down on getting it getting knowing where our boundaries were on that hill and uh it's actually funny like a couple times during practice i fell <laughs> just because you have to kind of high step your way up but um I, I always look back when i'm in the outfield just try to try to know where it is and um make sure i i can get up it uh, the biggest thing is the high step it if you go at it like an angle you're gonna fall every time <laughs> but uh on that one play um i was just going back and i knew the hill was coming took a quick peek back and caught the ball. It sounds a little bit easier than it, than oh, it was. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude. Until yeah. It, well, you know, in watching the video of that, but seeing it, the, the incline's a lot higher than honestly I thought it was. Yeah. There's quite an angle. It's super high. <laughs> it's super high. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, I, uh, I actually played here and I fell on a home run. It was so embarrassing. So <laughs> I was like, I, that could never happen again. <laughs> so, so it definitely gets redemption. Right, right? exactly. That's awesome. Well, I was talking to Bud Black about you, and he was telling me about how that he saw you with Connor Joe, I believe it was, in San Diego, and you guys were working out together. Absolutely. And that's really how this whole thing started, that you're part of the Rockies organization. Yeah, exactly. Um, Connor had just gotten signed, I think, in the fall, and so we, we were able to hit together um, at Westview High School in San Diego. Bud Black was there, and he saw me, uh, saw me hit, and uh, he saw me throw. And I think he liked what he saw. And so we had a conversation after. And then a couple of days later, I get a call from my agent. He goes, hey, the Rockies want to sign you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, I, I literally started crying just because, I mean, my whole, uh, my whole road's been up and down, up and down, up and down. I've been through a lot. And just to get another chance is, is seriously a real blessing. Was it something you, you latched onto immediately? It was like, whatever they need, I'm there? Or were there kind of goals that you had as soon as you heard that you were going to be part of the Rockies? Oh, I said, I'm signing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm signing. Uh, and, and Bud Black, like, in 2013, he called me up to my first big league spring training game. Oh, wow. And I got a knock in my uh, in my first at-bat. It was a push punt. 
I'll never forget, we had Will Venable out there, Cameron Maven, Kyle Blanks, Kristen Norfia, who's with the organization. Like, all guys I looked up to. And I'm from San Diego. So, I mean, to be able to play for him would be an, an unbelievable opportunity in itself. So it was just pretty cool how everything worked out. And I said, absolutely, I'm signing. Bud loves the San Diego connections. We know that. <laughs> so, obviously, you and Connor had the connection. What's it been like to kind of see him doing the up and back this year and kind of breaking into his own a little bit with the Rockies? He's in really, really well. Um, we actually got to train a couple times this offseason, too. So we kind of have the same, you know, goals and direction. Like, uh, we, we, we push, the, push each other. And so uh, seeing him succeed so much is, is really inspiring in itself. Because I see how hard he works and obviously overcoming cancer. Um, he's, he's a really good person, and I wish the best for him every single time I see him. So excited about signing in March. Here we are at the end of July. What's this season been like for you personally? So, I mean, we, we as a team got off to like a kind of a slow start, and myself, I kind of got off to a hot start. And so I think <laughs> things have flipped a little bit. Um, I, I went into a little bit of a slump the past couple of weeks, but um, some of it's, you know, baseball. You know, I'm yeah. hitting balls hard and uh, try to play as hard as I can no matter what. If I'm in a slump on offense, it doesn't mean my defense or base running is going to slump. So I'm just trying as, as hard as I can every single game. Um, I put together two good games in a row so I hope that I can keep that going and uh, we've been playing well as a team as well so uh, anything I could do just to help out the team and continue to get better and get to that next level is going to take me far yeah, If I read right, 15 stolen bases haven't been caught so far this year Right. What's the key to the, the timing of the stolen bases? <laughs> Honestly, it's just it's just a good time to go I try to read my teammates, I let them know too like, hey I want to I steal but you know, if it's two outs and we got one of our power guys up I want him to know that I'm not going to go just because I want him to be able to drive me in. So being comfortable with my teammates knowing when I'm going to go and just reading the pitcher. Um, I like I like going early, but if I can't go early, if the guy's quick to the plate, I just have to shut it down. So just picking picking my spots and um, hopefully Schaefer, uh, <laughs> if he believes in me by now, because before <laughs> the first couple of ones, I think he was like, oh, I don't know if you should go here. And I'm like, Schaefer, <laughs> I'm fast. I got it. But yeah, I think I think he trusts in me now. Taylor Motter, the role he's been on lately, what's it been like to see him? It's <laughs> unreal. <laughs> it is unreal. He, it, it, He's unconscious right now. I mean, he's hitting balls out, and it's not going just to left field. He's hitting him to center. He's hitting him to right field. He's got a great swing. He's a great player, too. And it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to be his teammates. You love stuff like that because it, it inspires you, and it, it makes the team better, you know? You're one of those veterans guys on this team. Is it something the young guys come seek you out, or do you give advice to them? How does that relationship work with some of the younger guys? Yeah, sometimes I just try to pick and choose. Um, if I see like an obvious, obvious mistake, you know, I'll come up to a guy. I try not to do it during the game so they can focus on the game, but I might mention it after. And a couple of guys, you know, have come up to me and asked me certain questions, and I'll answer it right away. But um, I like to lead by example, and so I try to do the best I can in that way and uh, just let my, my playing talk. And then if guys need help, then I, I like for them to come to me. You know, when Bud told me the story about San Diego, he was like, you know, I love the skills, love everything else, but it's the work ethic and what you bring in the clubhouse. He thought that it was, it was valuable as anything else. Knowing, knowing that that's the kind of reputation you have, what does that do for you? It just means a lot because uh, I just work hard my whole life, and nothing, honestly, has come easy at all. I mean, a lot of people can say that, but I truly believe like I've had to work my butt off to get to where I am I mean every single every single year it's like that I mean from high school to college 
to my first year of pro ball to getting released, it's like I just have to work hard, work hard, work hard. And I hope that inspires others and not just my teammates, but I mean, it could be a doctor who's like, hey, I see this guy or, you know, some of the kids I've trained in the past. Um, I've had a, a, a fan come up to me and told me he had he admired how much hard I worked and that helped him through his cancer treatment. To, to hear a story like that is just like that's that's what you live for right there. And he said, I just never wanted to give up. I see you've never given up. So that's what I just try to do, just work as hard as I can. What was the, the lack of baseball last season on COVID? What was that like for you personally? It was tough at first, but um, they started a, like a small independent league in Texas. So I got to play 20 games there, and then um, I was in the Dominican for two weeks. So um, <laughs> I was just hungry. I was more anxious than anything. I just wanted to play, just wanted to play. Uh, I came off a really good 2019, and I was like, I want 2020 to, to be my best season yet. And so it was frustrating that we didn't get to play right away. But um, I still got some games in, and a lot of people didn't, so I'm blessed for that. Goals? Do you, are you a guy that sets goals for the rest of the season personally, or are you more of uh, let's see what the team does kind of guy? Uh, no, I set goals for myself. Okay. And uh, not necessarily statistic-based, but it's more of just like day-to-day. So, I mean, right now my, my day-to-day goal is to take it one pitch at a time. And it's, it's easier said than done. It really is, but... Um, I don't want to get frustrated if I have a bad at bat, and I don't want to get too high if I have a really good at bat. I'm just taking every single pitcher and every single pitch and doing the, the best I can, put my best swing on the ball, and I'm just going to see where that takes me. The so last question i got to ask. You've been on Jeopardy. Family Feud. Uh, family Feud. <laughs> family Feud. Sorry, man. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish it was Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> family Feud. All right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. All right. Oh, my gosh. So Steve Harvey was the host, and he had us cracking up the whole time. Uh, they set us up for one answer, and I said something like, maybe a little sexual, that maybe I shouldn't have said. My mom was looking at me like, what are you saying, son? And then, and then Steve Harvey looks at me and goes, I went into the nasty little thing. <laughs> he had me cracking up, but uh, it was a good experience. Uh, I had my brothers there and my uncle and my mom, and it, it, it was just, it was good. My dad always wanted us to be on the show, and so we, we got to go on. It was, it was pretty fun. And did you just apply as a family, or how did that end up happening? Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I was playing the Nintendo game, the original 1990 Nintendo game, yeah. and we could not beat it. Me and my brother Wayne, we could not beat because all the answers were so old. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we were getting frustrated. We were on there for at least four hours. I mean, we were staying up all night. I was like, Wayne, let's go on the real show. Like, we can't do this. Let's go on the real show. And he's like, all right, all right. He didn't think I was, uh, I was serious. And so that same night, it was like 3 in the morning, I applied, and I heard back from him at like 10 in the morning. Oh, my God. And they said, do you have auditions in L.A. if you can make it on Friday? So I had to call my brother. He was in law school in D.C. I was like, hey, can you make it out? And then (laughs) my cousin, I told him to come out. He was out in Albuquerque. So I was like, can you come out? And so uh, my mom, was, she was loving it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Wynn Bernard, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. And my thanks to uh, Wynn Bernard, Warren Schaefer, and Taylor Motter for joining us. Uh, no, I'm going to tell you, there, there's a lot of good things happening here in Albuquerque. This team, uh, obviously, if you look at the record, they're not what a Fresno is doing this year, obviously. But there's still enough to keep an eye on the farm. And certainly, Rockies fans are going to look at Ryan Rollis, and they're going to keep up with what's going on with Joshua Fuentes. They're going to keep up with what, you know, if Ryan Castellani can bounce back. There's a lot of news happening around the isotopes. But the guys that we talked to today, I think, are guys that really have interesting backstories as well as are really forming that veteran uh, core that's going to bring up a, a Ryan Vallade and some of these younger guys that are coming up through the system. Alan Trejo is another one, and 
he of course spoke with us during spring training and he's Absolutely. been up a little bit with the Rockies, but with Mater especially, he's played in 60 games for Albuquerque. He has 24 homers, 54 RBIs, more walks than strikeouts, 44 to 43, hitting 333 with a 458 on base, a 797 slugging. So that's check, a 1255 OPS. That OPS is chef's kiss, my friend. I'll tell you, whenever I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to see what's going on. And again, as, as we talked about in the interview, there, it's not like he's loading up, you know, and that he's looking for the home run every time. But as Schaefer said, he's being consistent at the plate. He's looking for the fastball and he's not missing on it right now. And that's one of the reasons that, unfortunately, we know Joshua Fuentes is playing in this game tonight for Albuquerque is the fact that what Modder is doing, honing in on those pitches, Fuentes just hasn't been able to do in recent games for the Rocks. Yeah, and I mean, he even had it at the beginning of the year, and he had it towards the end of last year where we knew the the peripheral numbers for Joshua Fuentes showed that he was having a lot of good luck and that luck ran out. I, as Bud Black would say, that's baseball. I mean, once you've played, I mean, for the Rockies now, they've played over a hundred games. So the, the Rockies are what they are right now. And that's the same way with the players. I mean, sure. You're going to have like Trevor story. He's had a down year. But especially with the younger players, when they're trying to develop, I mean, you have to take what you've seen out of them. And I mean, for Fuentes, in the month of April, he hit 195. And then he got hot in May, where he hit something close to 300, I believe 292 or something like that. And then in the month of June, he went down a little bit. But then, yeah, in the month of July, particularly after the All-Star break, I mean, it just went downhill after that. Is After the All-Star break, he went two for 22. So that's an 091 batting average. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of been downhill for him for a while because, yeah. in fact, if you look since June 4th for him, that's 101 at-bats. He's hit 178. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing that, that I was thinking about as I was driving down here to Albuquerque is with the Rockies calling up Rio, Rio Ruiz, uh, you know, a guy with major league experience, a guy who's versatile. We know the Rockies love their versatility. But still, they called up Rio Ruiz, and I kept going, Taylor Motter, do we give him a shot? Is he a guy that – and, and I, I think the Rockies will give him a shot at some point especially if he keeps hitting like this, you can't not deny, you know, you can't yeah. not send him up. Uh, but, but I thought it was really interesting. And, and Taylor Motter was very honest and open. And he's like, you know, I, I'm doing what I can do. I, I don't know what else I can do. Uh, so, you know, again, appreciate all those guys joining us from Albuquerque. Uh, Noah, I have to vacate the television booth here in Albuquerque uh, before the game. So any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, my friend? With Motter. And we all know how the Rockies love their versatility in the majors and the minors in his career. He has played first. He has played second. He has played third. He has played short. 
He has played left. He's played center. He's played right. I mean, the only position he hasn't played is catcher, and he has pitched. He's pitched in three games. So, I mean, he's including two at the major league level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Rockies, they love their versatility. And if he if he keeps hitting like he is with that versatility, he'll be up yep. sometime in the near future. Agreed. Well, we're glad we got a chance to talk to him here at uh, AAA. And, and again, our thanks to all the folks here at the Isotopes who helped make this happen. Uh, we have been, so far this year, Noah, we have seen the Fresno Grizzlies. We've been a, in Spokane, and now we're in Albuquerque. Hartford, I don't think we're going to get to you this year, but uh, that's something to look forward to for next year. And uh, also, too, we have been in Cincinnati. We yeah. have been in Milwaukee. And we'll, we, will we will be on the road later this year as well. Well, my, my my not many people can say that just saying we try to provide the best coverage that we can folks we know that uh rockies fans deserve that so we're trying to do what we can to give you the best exclusive interviews all that good stuff make sure you check us out at rocksfile.com for my friend and colleague noah yingling this is kevin henry signing off from albuquerque and as always go rockies Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.